Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Continuing from the book of, or the lesson of, the tafsir of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, through the seer of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Last week, we were looking at the verse regarding tahwil qibla, the change of the qibla, from Bayt al-Maqdis to Masjid al-Haram. And for the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at these verses, or different verses, and we've not looked so much at or concentrated on the seerah. Although these verses, they had sabab al-nuzul, but we looked at the seerah very lightly. So for the last week, few weeks, we'll be concentrating upon these ayat. Next week, bi-idhnillahi ta'ala, we'll be going back with more of a focus on the seerah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Being, inshallah ta'ala, today will be the last week for a while that we're going to look at these ayat. I want us to review, first and foremost, that we will learn from these ayat. And secondly, to look at the second and the last we're going to look at for a while from these ayat of Tahweel Qibla, insha'Allah ta'ala. And that's the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلَئِنْ أَتَيْتَ الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْكِتَابَ بِكُلِّ آيَةٍ مَا تَبِعُوا قِبَلَتَكَ Now before we go on to this ayah, I'm going to review that which came before it. And what is the purpose or the benefit of reviewing that which came before it? We said, for you to understand a saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you have to look at the verse before it and the verse after it. So if you want to understand this verse properly in its context, we have to look at what came before it. And that's what we looked at last week, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this verse, bi-idhnillahi ta'ala, we're going to remind ourselves of the ahkam, the rules and regulation, and the fawaid, the benefits and the meaning of this verse. So I'll start with the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which we did last week. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, we see the turning of your face towards the sama. We see, what is the first fa'idah from this ayah? From the saying of Allah ta'ala that we see. Barakallahu feek. Ithbatu ru'ya. It's an affirmation of what? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he sees. And we say ru'ya, seeing is of two types. Ru'ya al-basariya, seeing with your eyes and seeing, physically seeing. And ru'ya al-ilmiya wa qalbiya, seeing with your heart or with your aql or with your mind. So for example, ru'aytu luqman hakeeman. I see luqman hakeeman to be hakeem. Is this seen with my eyes or with my heart or my intellect? Intellect. If I say, Ra'aytu, I see, Ra'aytu, Ashams, Sati'an. I see the, uh, the sun as being bright and radiant. Is this seen with my heart or seen with my eyes? With my eyes. And we gave a homework last week. Which is, how do we know between the difference between seeing with the eye or seeing with the what? With the heart. And this is a question for the khawas, those deep into the Arabic language. And it helps you to understand the book of Allah Ta'ala likewise. So this homework was for Abu Salman wa Amthali. Yes. So inshallah Ta'ala, I don't think anyone's done that homework. That how do you know the difference between ru'ya al-qalbiya wa ru'ya al-basariya? How do you know the difference? For example, I say, Ra'aytul Maut Haqqan. I see death Haqqan. Is this Basariya or Qalbiya? 
Could be, yeah. We could say according to the context, but there are some that may confuse that. Is this with the eye or is it with the heart? Wallahu ta'ala a'lam. But there's a principle in the Arabic language that if you follow that principle, you know this is qalbiyya or this is basariya. Tayyib. So the first thing is affirmation of the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This ru'ya is what? Basariya. Tayyib. قَدْ نَرَى تَقَلُّبَ وَجِكَ فِي السَّمَاءِ فَلَلُوَلِّيَنَّكَ قِبْلَةً تَرْضَاهَا So now Allah Ta'ala says, we see your face turn towards the heaven. The second benefit, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam wanted the qibla to be in the direction of what? Masjid Al-Haram. So Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala tells him, فَوَلِّي وَجْهَكَ شَطْرَ الْمَسْجِدِ الْحَرَامِ Turn your face in the direction of Masjid Al-Haram. وَحَيْثُ مَا كُنْتُمْ فَوَلُّوا وُجُوهَكُمْ شَطْرَ And wherever you all are, and this khitab is to the, to the ummah, turn your face in the direction of Masjid Al-Haram. So the khitab, the address began with an address to the Prophet And the benefit we took from this is, any time the Prophet is addressing the Qur'an, is there are three different interpretations. Jayid, and what are the two different interpretations whenever the Prophet is addressed in the Quran? That the address is what? Could either be specifically for the Prophet, or secondly, for the Prophet and the Ummah. And thirdly, that which has neither this or that. There's no proof. Jayid, and we gave examples of this that which there's no proof in. And how do ulama understand that which is no proof in? The ulama, they say the third one, is an address to the Prophet sallallahu is addressed, but is directed to him and the rule to the ummah. For example, if you're going to implement a policy, you speak to the manager, the head of state, addressing him with that policy, he also automatically addresses his what? His subjects. And the other ulama, they say no, it's for the Prophet sallallahu but we do so iqtida'an in following the examples of the Prophet sallallahu so the difference is the difference of what loved, of wording. But that which we have no idea, is it specifically for the Prophet or not for the Prophet What do we do? We follow. So anything which the Prophet is, is for him and the Ummah. That's the asal of it all. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, wherever you are, turn your face towards the direction. And the benefit we took from that is the obligation is to face, the obligation to face what? The direction of Masjid al-Haram, not the Kaaba itself. So if you are a little bit left or right, that's not an issue because you're still in the general direction of Masjid al-Haram. But if you're within Masjid al-Haram, you have to face the what? The Kaaba. So this is the obligation. Now, where is the proof of the prohibition? For example, Masjid al-Haram, the direction is to my left and I'm praying towards the right, or the direction is in front of me and I'm praying towards behind. Where is the proof of prohibition? And I asked this question to the brothers on the Saturday class of Sulu Thalatha. We covered this principle. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered you pray towards Masjid al-Haram. Where is the proof of prohibition? Barakallahu feek. Al-Amr this is a very important principle. Any commandment is a proof of his prohibition. So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded you to pray towards that direction, to pray to any other direction is what? A proof of his prohibition. So sometimes when you say to someone, Ya Akhi, to do such and such and such is haram. Where's the proof that is haram? The proof is what Allah ta'ala commanded you to do and you've gone against it. Jayid? 
So al-amr yadullu ala nahyididdihi. An order is a proof of prohibition, of its opposite. Doing the opposite is a proof of the prohibition. Tayyib. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, wherever you are, turn towards Masjid al-Haram. And it's therefore obligatory to pray towards the direction of Masjid al-Haram, except in three conditions, or three circumstances. Ya Abd rahman what are these three conditions, three times, exceptions? Not when you're traveling. Barakallah When you're praying sunnah upon a travel. Number two. When you're unable to, either due to illness or you don't know where the qibla is. And number three, fear. In war, for example, you're running from an enemy. Jazakallah khairan. Naam, in these three circumstances. So the obligation is that. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ends the ayah by saying, وَمَا اللَّهُ بِغَافِلٍ Allah Ta'ala is not ghafil, is not heedless or forgetful of that which they do. We didn't cover this last week. The fa'idah from this ayah, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala began the ayah by affirming an attribute to himself. And what attribute did Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala affirm to himself? The attribute that he sees. And in the end of the ayah, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala said, وَمَا اللَّهُ بِغَافِلٍ Allah Ta'ala is not heedless, unaware of that which they do. So the fa'idah from this, أَنَّ Allah Ta'ala مُوسُوفٌ بِإِثْبَاتٍ وَمُوسُوفٌ بِالنَّفِي Allah Ta'ala is described by affirming attributes to him and is also described by what? Negating attributes from him. So Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala is described with affirmation and with what? With negation. This is very important. It's described with affirmation and with what? With negation, negating things from him. But most of the time in the Quran, you find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is described what? Affirmation. Rarely would you find by negation. And whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes himself with affirmation, is done so with tafsil, with details. And negation is, not, is done so with what? Generally, generically, unless there's a need for an explanation. So the Ahlul Ilm, they say that Sifatullah subhanahu wa ta'ala or sifat allati nafaha Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala an nafsihi that the attributes which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has negated from himself yes la yaqsud an nafi al mujarrad any attribute and this kalam ahlul ilm you should write this down inshallah ta'ala hadha yuktab this should be written down that any attributes which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has removed from himself لا يقصد أو لا يراد أو يريد به النفي المجرد. It's not intended by it just to simply negate those attributes. جيد لأن النفي المجرد because negation, absolute negation, لا يدل على كمال الوصف. It's not a proof of what perfection in attributes. If you just negate something, does it prove the thing is perfect? No. ولكن المراد but when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala negates something from himself, al-muradu bihi ithbat kamal diddihi. The intention is what? To affirm the perfection of his opposite. Fahimtum, you understand? When Allah negates, it's not just negation, absolute negation. It's rather what? A proof of what? The opposite, perfection of the opposite. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَمَا اللَّهُ بِغَافِلٍ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not heedless or forgetful of that which they do. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
he negated from himself what? Heedlessness. So it's Allah has negated heedlessness along with Kamal. Along with what? Ya Luqman. Along with what? Ya Luqman. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we mentioned the principle here. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has negated from himself al-ghafla, heedlessness, unawareness. Jayid? Now, according to the principle we mentioned, that means Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has also affirmed upon himself what? Barakallahu feek. Perfection, kamalu ilmihi, is perfection in knowledge. So we don't say Allah ta'ala nafa. Allah ta'ala only, only negated. We say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala negated and affirmed at the same time what? Perfection in what? In his knowledge. Jayid? So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not heedless of what they, they do. And there's many examples in the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala negates, but the negation is an affirmation of the perfection of the opposite. An example. In Surah Fatir, verse 44, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيُعْجِزَهُ مِنْ شَيْءٍ فِي الْأَرْضِ لَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَلَا فِي الْأَرْضِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not overcome or defeated or incapable of anything in the heavens or upon the earth. So, al-ajzu is an ability. So this ayah is a proof of what? The perfect ability of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how does he end the ayah? Because al-ajz, inability, is either due to lack of knowledge or lack of what? Physical ability. And how does that ayah end in Surah Fatir? Who's memorized Surah Fatir? Where's Abdullah? Abdullah, naam, iqra. Oh, who's memorized Surah Fatir? Abdurrahman. Huh? Ya Abdurrahman. Huh? Half right. 50. Uh huh. Barakallah. Inna Allah kana aliman qadira. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all knowing and fully omnipotent, fully powerful. So Allah ta'ala negated from himself al ajzu, inability. But he affirmed perfect what? Knowledge and ability. And that's why Uthameen rahimahullah ta'ala said, Al-Nafyu Al-Mujarrad. Absolute negation. Huwa adamun mahdun. It is absolute in existence or something. Absolute negation. So it's not absolute negation. It's negation along with affirmation of exactly its opposite. And in this ayah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not heedless of that which they do. In the same ayah is their affirmation, Ya Abba Salman. Some of you have not memorized your name yet. That's why I'm picking up Abba Salman. Those have known their name. But later on, I pick Muhammad al-Sharif and the rest of them. Wa ashabu al-maha al-qudama. And the teachers, especially the teachers, and we have a lot of teachers here today, mashallah. Tayyib, Ya Abu Salman. In this ayah, is there an affirmation of this? In this ayah, same ayah. 
ايوه انسي معايا Yes, is that the opposite of it? So Allah Ta'ala has negated this. Is that affirmation of this in the same ayah? Other than Abu Salman. Jazakallah khairan. The beginning of the ayah. So Allah Ta'ala affirmed the perfection of opposite, which is we'd see. So Allah Ta'ala is not ghafil. And that's what Aqeedah Ahlu Sunnah wa Jama'ah, depending on who you ask, you say, where is Allah? Ain't Allah. If the person, and this is why I make excuses for people's speeches, if the person you know from Ahlu Sunnah, Sunni, upon the manhaj of the Salaf, he said, Ain't Allah. And he said, Allahu fi kulli makanin. Allah is everywhere. And if a person from under Ahlu Sunnah, he said, Allah fi kulli makanin, you give it a different interpretation. So depending on where you're speaking to, and that's why you make excuse for slip of the tongues. And that's what Uthameen rahimahullah ta'ala says, that qara'inul hal tunazzil manzila al-maqal bin lisan. A person's condition could interpret his words for him. So if you know a person say, it's from sunnah, ahlu sunnah, ain't Allah, it's everywhere, how do you interpret what he means by that? Bi'ilmihi, with his knowledge. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to Musa, inni ma'akuma. I am with you, asma'u wa ara. I'm with you, hearing and seeing. So, ilmu bi ru'ya. Jayid? Jayid. If somebody other than that said that, then you have to give it a different interpretation. I mean, Allah Ta'ala bi dhati, Ta'ala Allah anzalika uluwan kabira. Jayid? So, in the same ayah, there's affirmation along with negation. Jayid. So, Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala said, وَمَا اللَّهُ بِغَافِلٍ عَمَّا يَعْمَلُونَ Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala is not heedless or that which they do. طيب. After that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَلَئِنْ أَتَيْتَ الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْكِتَابَ بِكُلِّ آيَةٍ مَا تَبِعُوا قِبَلَتَكَ And we covered the beginning of this ayah. That if you were to come with Ahlul Kitab بِكُلِّ آيَةٍ With every single proof. They will never follow your Qibla. And who are Ahlul Kitab? Ya Muhammad. You wasn't here last, but I pick on you. I know your name. Ya Muhammad. Who are Ahlul Kitab? Here. Aha, that's why he wasn't here last week. Naam. Ya Luqman, wa ahlu kitab, specifically almost in this ayah. Al Yahud. Ahlu kitab, yes, you're correct. Generally speaking, first to the Jews and the Christians. But the Ahlu kitab will predominantly in Jazirat al Arwawu, Al Yahud, the Jews. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَلَئِنْ أَتَيْتَ الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْكِتَابِ بِكُلِّ آيَةِ مَا تَبِعُوا قِبْلَتَكَ If you succumb to those from Ahlul Kitab, every single verse, they'll know for your Qibla, the Yahud. Why? Because from the greatest sifah of the Yahud, مَغْضُوبٌ عَلَيْهِمْ Allah ta'ala's anger is upon them. And why is Allah's anger upon the Yahud, ya Mus'ab? As we've done before in the previous ayah. Why is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala anger upon the Yahud, ya Mus'ab? Because what? You had your Weetabix this morning. Yes, go on. Because what? I can't hear you. Speak up, I can't hear you. 
specifically this ayah, maghdub alayhim. We said the two sets of people. Allah, maghdub or dalin. Those Allah's anger upon and dalin. Why is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's anger upon them? In this ayah specifically. Naam, ya Musa'ad. Naam? Don't help him. Okay. His brother will help him. Uh, Abdullah. Ya Abdullah. Qarrib. Mm -hmm. Ya Abdullah. Mm -hmm. Abdurrahman. Luqman. You know? We've done this ayah so many times, subhanAllah. Barakallah feek. Al-Maghdub alayhim. Adi Yahud and every single person that knows the truth and doesn't act according to it. This is the greatest for the Yahud. Those who know and they do not what? They don't act according to. And that's why the ayah, to understand this ayah, you have to look at the previous ayah. Allah Ta'ala said, Wala in atayta. If you was to come to them, be kulli ayah, ma they'll never follow. Why would they never follow what preceded? Allah's anger is upon them. Not generally because they know they're not follow, but in the issue of the qiblah, they know it's the truth. And what's the proof of this in the previous ayah? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, after telling him to turn towards mercy, the haram and the believers, Allah ta'ala tells in the ayah which is previous to this, which is قَدْ نَرَى تَقَلُّبَ وَجِكَ فِي السَّمَاءِ What did Allah ta'ala tell the Prophet وَإِنَّ الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْكِتَابَ لَيَعْلَمُونَ أَنَّهُ الْحَقِّ مِنْ رَبِّهِمْ Allah ta'ala said, those who had the books before the Yahud, they know they know, they know is the truth from their Lord. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala affirmed this with how many tawkidat, how many assurities? Three. Wa inna alladheena. So inna alladheena utul kitab la ya'lamoon. Lam a tawkid. They definitely know annahu, that it is definitely from their Lord. So somebody that knows and is not confused or has misconception and doesn't follow, you give up hope. And that's why in the majmu'ah to the ayah we did before that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, أَفَتَطْمَعُونَ Do you have any hope? And you mean, they're going to believe. وَقَدَ كَانَ فَرِيقٌ مِّنْهُمْ يَسْمَعُونَ كَلَامَ اللَّهِ They've heard the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. ثُمَّ يُحَرِّفُونَهُ And then they distort it. مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا عَقَلُوهُ After they understood it, وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ Jayyid, so Allah ta'ala said to the Prophet such people, if you also come to the every single proof, ma tabi'u qiblataka, wa ma anta bitabi'in, and you're not a follower of the qibla. Ya Abdul Rashid, what benefit did we get from this? Allah Ta'ala did not say to Prophet do not follow their way, but he said, you're not a follower of their way. Allah Ta'ala says, he didn't order him, la tabi'u, oh, la tabi'u, do not follow, or you're not a follower. He didn't tell him, do not follow. He didn't prohibit him, but he said, you're not a follower of their ways. What benefit did we take from this ayah? La. There's a difference between an attribute and an action. That the constant of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he never follows their way. For example, la akulu ad-dajaja. I'm not going to eat chicken. 
لست آكلا دجاجا I never eat chicken so he never follows their way and if this is directed to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam it's also directed to who? the rest of the ummah that I believe in Allah subhanahu is not a follower of their ways not just in the qibla and everything because their issue like we mentioned last week is not the qibla the real issue is if they face the qibla that means they followed who? the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam so we mentioned the benefit that, that the believer is different in that which is specific to the kuffar not, there's some things which you share Nigerian clothing some Muslims wear no Muslims wear suit, tie but in that which is specific to them you, your discretion you never follow them in their way Jade. وَمَا أَنْتَ بِتَابِعٍ قِبَلَتَهُمْ And you're not a follower of their qibla. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam وَلَئِنِ اتَّبَعْتَ أَهْوَاءَهُمْ If you were to follow Now this here is jumla shartiya or in a shartiya It's a condition if you was to follow and some conditions are mustahilun they're impossible it could never happen so don't think therefore when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to the Prophet well, in ashrakta, if you was to do shirk la in shartiyya is used for things which are also impossible conditional sentences are used for things that are impossible and there's many examples of that in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who could give me an example of something which is impossible if haqqillah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah ta'ala use in in ashartiyya in all conditional sentences or conditional in condition there's things which are impossible so Allah Ta'ala said if you was to follow their desires if here doesn't mean it's possible it means if it's what? impossible so just because if, for example, Allah Ta'ala said, if you was to commit shirk, if you was to, but we know it's impossible for the Prophet Sallallahu and Anbiya to fall into shirk. Jail? Jazakallah khairan. That's exactly what I was looking for. That if there was more than one ilah, more than one deity, true deity worthy of worship, this in here is impossible. And many examples in the book of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. For example, the saying of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, that if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was to take unto himself a son I'm the first to worship him this in here is mustahil it could never happen so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said if you was to follow their, their desires after knowledge has come to you after the ilm has come to you, you're therefore from the oppressors. طيب. The fawaid and ahkam from this ayah, number one, is it shows us the tamarrud of Ahlul Kitab, the rebellious behavior of Ahlul La. Before the ayah, before that, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Before that. وَمَا بَعْضُهُمْ بِتَابِعٍ they do not even follow each other's qibla. They do not follow each other's qibla. And then Allah Ta'ala end the ayah by saying, if you were to follow their desire after knowledge has come to you, you're from the oppressors. The fawaid from this surah, from this ayah, afwan. The first fa'idah is tamarrud, the rebellious behavior of 
Ahlul Kitab, that they know the truth, and specifically you, the Yahud, but yet they choose not to follow, do the truth. Tayyib. Another fa'idah. وَلَئِنْ أَتَيْتَ الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْكِتَابِ كُلِّ آيَةٍ مَا تَبَعُوا قِبْلَتَكَ What other fa'idah? Naam. Any other? Istanbult. Naam, Abdurrahman. Sorry? You can't? You can't? Guide. A person who knows the truth doesn't want to follow the truth. So, Mifuwa'id kathalika is the reality of al-Yahudu wa nasara That wama ba'duhum bitabi'in qibla taba'ad. They don't follow each other's way. Not just in the qibla, in everything else. So, example, Isa ibn Maryam, Jesus. According to the Yahud, ibn Azzaniya. Is the son of an adulterer or a fornicator. And his mother to them is a fornicator. But the Christians to them, Isa to them is Ahadu Thalith one of the three. Yes, of the Trinity. The mother, the son, and the Holy Ghost to them. To them is a divine being. And to the, to the Yahud is what? The son of Zania. And we as Muslims, we say is a message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah ta'ala created it and his word was kun fayakun. But yet you find the relationship between the both of them is closer than to us, even though we adopt this position. Another fa'idah from this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and I'm looking for this fa'idah, ta'ala, he goes into this fa'idah in a big way, which is al udhur bi jahal. Excuse of what? Of ignorance. And this is a very important principle. That not every single man kufr, everybody who falls into an act of disbelief is a what? Automatically a what? A disbeliever. And not everybody bid'atin, not every single person who falls into a bid'ah is a mubtadi', is an innovator. Not every single person who falls into a shirk is a mushrik. Because with some of our fathers and grandparents that preceded us, they do acts which are un-Islamic. They do things which in reality falls into shirk. And you hear some of the young brothers say, SubhanAllah, my grandmother, she's a mushrik. My father's a mushrik. My father's a mubtadi'. And where is the proof, ya ikhwan, ya Abu Rayhana? Where, oh, you came late, I won't ask you. I'll go back to Abu Abdullah. Where is the proof in this ayah that those who fall into sins without being aware they are not blameworthy. Where's the proof in this ayah? Sorry? Anta. The ayah we're looking at now. Where's the proof in this verse that if a person falls into a sin or falls into a mukhalafa, something which is wrong, that is not brainworthy until knowledge has come to him. So I ask. Go on, go on, go on. Sorry? 
Naam, read the whole ayah. Well, I asked the opposite of Abdullah. The feminine version. What's the feminine version of Abdullah? Amatullah, Ya Abamatullah. Naam, Ya Abamatullah. Jazakallah khairan. Jazakallah khairan. Jazakallah khairan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَئِنِ اتَّبَعْتَ أَهْوَاءَهُمْ If you follow the ahwa, after what? مَا جَاءَكَ مِنَ الْعِنْمِ After knowledge has come to you. This is the principle here. After knowledge has come to you. So Uthaymin, rahimahullahu ta'ala, he said, based on this, yes, that there's a condition here. أَنَّهُ يُشْتَرَةُ لِلْإِثْمِ بِالْعَمَلِ الْعِلْمُ بِالْتَحْرِيمِ It's a condition for a person to sin with his action that he has to have knowledge of the tahrim, knowledge of the prohibition. Because Allah Ta'ala told Prophet مِنْ بَعْدِ After مَا جَاءَكَ مِنَ الْعِلْمِ After the knowledge, it's come to you. You find this many times in the Qur'an. For example, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala says, لَيْسَ عَلَيْكُمْ جُنَاحٌ فِي مَا أَخْطَأْتُمْ بِهِ وَلَكِمْ مَا تَعَمَّدَتْ قُلُوبُكُمْ there's no blame upon you in that which you made a mistake in, but that which you do intentionally, that's why it is blameworthy. And a hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Rufi'at an ummati, the pen has been lifted from my ummah. Al-jahlu, due to ignorance. Wa-nisyanu, due to forgetfulness. Wa-masdukrihu alayhi. And that which they've been what? They've been forced to do or coerced into doing. So this will prove that after the knowledge has come to you. Also the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, لِلَّهِ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ وَإِن تُبْدُوا مَا فِي أَنفُسِكُمْ أَوْ تُخْفُوهُ يُحَاسِبُكُمْ بِهِ اللَّهِ That to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala belongs everything in the heaven and the earth. وَإِن تُبْدُوا If you was to make that which is in your soul apparent, أَوْ تُخْفُوهُ For example, you want to sin, it's in your heart. You do it, you express it. أَوْ You hide it, Allah will call you to account for it. The Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they said we cannot practice, it's very difficult. That we've not done is there, but we've not done it, we'll call to account for it. Then the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala came down. رَبَّنَا لَا تُؤَاخِذْنَا إِن إِن نَسِينَا أَوْ أَخْطَأْنَا If we forget, or we make a mistake. So a mistake, if you make a mistake or you forget, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yeah, he's raised it for me. Jayyid. So this is a condition that الْعَمَلُ بِالْإِثْمُ يُشْتَرَتْ الْعِلْمُ بِالْتَحْرِيمُ you have to have knowledge that is not permissible. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Allah said, we're not punish the people until we send a messenger. Allah ta'ala will not destroy a qura or village or town. Until he sends a messenger to them, reciting a past, our verses, our signs. Allah Ta'ala send the messengers as give us a glad time, this warner, so that the people, they do not have a hujjah ala Allah ba'da rasul An argument against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after the messengers have been sent. And this is a very important condition here. Yeah? But that condition does not mean ignorance is bliss. So long as I don't know, I don't blame worthy. If you do not know in certain circumstances, you are blame worthy. If the access to knowledge is there, Knowledge is available, you know what, I don't want to learn that way, you know what, I make mistakes, I'm not blameworthy. Not seeking knowledge in that which is obligatory upon you is a sin. 
But if you couldn't get the knowledge, the knowledge wasn't accessible, it didn't come, you're not blameworthy. But laziness in seeking knowledge is blameworthy. The Prophet said, Knowledge is obligatory upon every single Muslim. And the type of knowledge is obligatory knowledge. Jade is obligatory upon every single Muslim. And the fa'idah from this ayah that al-ilmu bi there are many examples from the sunnah. For example, you walk into the masjid. One of the conditions of taharatul makam wa taharatul badan, the tahara of your body, the tahara of the place you're praying in, and taharatul what? Of your clothing. So now you walk into the masjid and you didn't know but you had some impurity on your clothes. And you're in the third raka'ah. And then you notice the impurity. What do you do now? Do you repeat the first two raka'ah because you're in the third? Or do you just remove the impurity if you can and continue to pray and pray two more raka'ah or one more raka'ah? What do you do? Now, What's the proof of this? Jazakallah khairah. The Prophet wasallam was praying and had impurities on his shoes. He removed it. Because it did so how? Did he forget? No. How did he do so? He was unaware. He was ignorant of the fact he was on his shoes. Jayid. An example of forgetfulness. Who can you make an example of forgetfulness? Now, exactly. You're fasting, you eat. To your fuel. You understand? I remember one day, subhanAllah, in Ramadan. Subhanallah. You know, you don't not in the past who forgets, you forget too. In Ramadan, we're preparing the food for them in the masjid. Yeah? And we're cutting the dates and the fruits. And this brother was right in front of me and he was eating. Seriously. I, he just completely forgot. He was just eating him. And I forgot he's fasting too. And I'm just watching him eat in front of me. The food for iftar. And it was like Dhuhr time. He was cutting the fruit and eating it. And <laughs> some people, when they do that, it's astaghfirullah. They will drink again and then make intention to fast again. Like, if you forget, it's okay. You understand? If you forget. If you forget. I remember subhanAllah, yeah, 20 something years ago, you know, when you first get married, you're the best handyman in the house, you know, very trying to impress. So I remember I was fixing the fridge in Ramadan. Yeah, this was how many years ago? 20 years ago, you should know that by the way. 20 years ago, I was fixing the fridge. And uh, I worked so hard on this fridge. So I remember I put a, it was in Ramadan, I put a bottle of water in the fridge. And I kept going to fill if it was cool. But that wasn't enough. Every time I go to that fridge, I open it and drink. It's not cool enough. It was enough. I forgot I was fasting. It happens. So, and that which you call us to do. But the ulama make an exception. So for example, now, you come into the masjid. You forgot that you wiped away your socks, but you forgot you hadn't made wudu before putting the socks on. So you wiped over your socks and you prayed duhr. Do you have to repeat the duhr or you don't repeat it? Huh? You have to pray again. What's the difference between this and this? But you forgot. Now. La, that's not the difference. Huh? La. The difference in this is they say that this principle applies if in that which you've been prohibited from and not in that which you've been ordered with. So you've been ordered with dudu. Jayid, you've been prohibited from what? Impurities. So if you forget in that which you're prohibited from, you've been prohibited from what? 
not eating, not drinking, all these are nahi. But if you do it in that which you're ordered with, then you have to do it again. Jayid? So if you forgot, I didn't wipe over my socks, subhanAllah, you remembered, you have to repeat the salah. Jayid? So for example, you're praying. And there are many other examples, yani, as this. But inshallah ta'ala, we stop here. And our question still remains. Uh, it's an Arabic question, by the way, pure Arabic now. Arabic science. How do you know the difference between ruqyatul qalb and ruqyatul al-basar? Now, they say the difference is ruqyatul qalb yata'adda ila maf'ulain. It has two objects. Two what? Objects of an action. So, for example, ra'aytu al-qamara sati'an. I saw the what? The moon, sati'an, or shams sati'an. I saw the sun as being bright. What do you say this is? Ru'yatu al-ilm. At for basar, ru'yatu al-basar, ru'yatu al-mawt haqqan. I see in truth, death in truth. It has two objects. My seeing is of what? Death. And my seeing is of truth. So my seeing has two objects. What? Death and truth. As for the one that is with the eyes, the only object is one. So for example, the object of my seeing is what? The sun. Sati'an is not what I saw. It's from what? The sun itself. That's the condition of the sun. It's the condition of the sun. But if the action is from the object, is what you saw with your eyes. For example, رَأَيْتُ لُقْمَان I see Luqman صَالِحًا Righteous Yes? That righteousness is not as a product of him But I see that attribute in him But if I say رَأَيْتُ لُقْمَان جَالِسًا I see Luqman sitting This is his condition That's how you know the difference between رَأَيْتُ قَلْ وَرَأَيْتُ الْعَيْنِ وَاللَّهُ تَعَالَى عَالَمْ سُبْحَانَكَ اللَّهُ بِحَمْدِكَ شَرْوًا لَا إِلَىٰ أَنْتَ اسْ